So this episode today is a little unusual, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is. We, we are in a car, and we're basically passing a mic back and forth because um, we don't have time to get home and record a podcast because we've been uh, in Virginia Beach helping Mary's mom. Is this the intro that we're doing, by the way? Oh, yeah, this is the intro. Okay. So we probably shouldn't go into too much detail, and we should throw to the commercial and then come back and give more information. Also because it's hard to intro something that you have no idea what the fuck you're about to talk about. No clue. Oh, wait a minute. I thought that was us normally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to be right back. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's Golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly, and I'm drinking the most amazing um, milkshake. There's a story for that. Yeah, so we get on the road. Okay, let's explain. We were at my mother's all weekend cleaning her apartment because she's gotten to the age where cleaning is difficult. Cleaning... Making meals is challenging. She's having some trouble, so we're helping out. She couldn't even refill the bird feeder. That's tragic. We all have our priorities. Those poor starving birds. Okay, Shelly helped her out. I'm glad we took care of the priorities. Anywho, we've been there working our butts off all weekend, and we just didn't really have time to record a regular podcast uh, from our regular studio setup at our house. So we're doing a roadcast. What do you think of the roadcast so far? I like it. I'm less stressed because I don't think we would have gotten home in time to record our normal one. But yeah, should we talk about Arby's? I think you want to, so go for it. So we, we left Mary's mom's house and I said, Mary, I deserve a milkshake. I've been busting ass. I just want a milkshake. And I'm trying to avoid sweets and shit. But no, I deserved it. So instead of getting on the freeway, I'm like, just drive another mile. There's Arby's. Let's pull through. It'll just take two seconds. And Mary's like, well, there's like four. I keep saying like. Mary says, there's there's four cars in the drive-thru. It's going to take forever. By the way, I'm going to need you to mute your devices. I heard your phone just then. This is a roadcast. You get what you get. Mute your device. Get what you get. Don't throw a fit. Okay. By the way, we're about to go through a tunnel. The audio may change slightly. That could be interesting. Who here holds their breath when you go through a tunnel? I did that growing up. Nope, I've never done that. I did hold my breath going past cemeteries, though, occasionally. Did you ever do that? No, it was through tunnels. Then again, I lived in Europe a lot, and there was a lot of tunnels. Um, And, of course, I would cheat, and so I would take a big breath. It was competition with my brothers. I would take a deep breath and, of course, pretend that I'm holding it the whole time while I'm slowly breathing through my nose. And then when you get out of the tunnel, you go... (sighs) 
Whew, that was so hard, even though it was literally like a five-minute tunnel. Okay, so before we get back to that riveting Arby's story, I think we should tell the listeners a little bit about where we are. This is beautiful. We're heading into the sunset over the water. We're on the Hampton Roads uh, Bridge Tunnel. Oh, I'll take a picture. So the, so the, the... She's going to take a picture. This is the Chesapeake Bay. We're crossing the Chesapeake Bay right now, heading into a tunnel. Uh, it's not quite 7 p.m. in the evening as we record this. Sun is about to set. It's actually really pretty so far on the drive. It's gonna get really boring highway soon, but but now is really pretty. Oh, about to head into the tunnel. Exciting. Ready? We're gonna hold our breath. Oh, Ready? oh Shelly's gonna hold Ready? her breath. We're almost at the tunnel. Ready? <gasps> so Shelly's holding her breath and I am going to purposely slow down. Just kidding. <laughs> Shelly, don't hurt yourself. This is really strange. <laughs> this roadcast is taking a strange turn already. And we're only a few minutes in. Hang on. I'm going to pause while Shelly continues to hold her breath. All right, we're uh, nearing the exit of the tunnel. How's Shelly doing? Shelly, are you still with us? <sighs> Whew. I did it. That's going to be some nice distortion right there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I was against the Arby's mission because I saw the long line of cars. Everything, for some reason, this weekend took forever. I don't know what it was about restaurants this weekend. We kept trying to get breakfast, and it was so many people in front of us. And this Arby's was no exception. There was like four or five cars just sort of camped out in the drive-through and they were not allowing anybody in the restaurant. I think that was part of the problem. So this milkshake, go, Shelly. Not allowing anyone in the restaurant should have made it easier. That means you had no inside customers, none. You just had people driving around wanting food. So we sit in the line and five minutes goes by, right? We order the food. Another five. Another five. Mary's getting itchy to leave. And at this time, I'm like, dug in. I'm getting my fucking milkshake, right? I even get out of the car. And I walk over to the window just to look and see what's going on. And there's just a whole lot of nothing. So there was us and then a Jeep in front of us and then a dude like in a truck at this time after we had already waited like 20 minutes and so other cars had gone as I'm walking back the chick in the um, jeep looks at me and I just shrug my shoulders you can see her getting angry at the situation so I get back in the car probably another 10 minutes I really do think it was a 30 minute total would you agree oh yeah yeah for a milkshake (laughs) continue that I earned so Finally, Jeep lady drives up. It's her turn. And she yells something out the window and then speeds off and squeals her tires. It's like, whoa, she was pissed. So then we get up and we sit there. And anyone who's worked in fast food, although I have not, you know that when the car gets you there, you open the window, you greet them, you take their money. Like, that's how it works. We sat there while people just kind of milled around in there. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't a manager there. I don't know. Someone made the milkshake. Lady gave to us. And she goes, here, thank you very much. And then she shuts the window. We haven't paid. So we sit there. Yeah, we're expecting her to come right back to the window and say, okay, that'll be $3 or whatever it was. But she never came back to the window. But that's not how you do it. You get the money first. And so Mary's like, I think she forgot we didn't pay. And I go, you know what? And I'm not all about stealing. I'm really not. But I was like, let's just go. Just go. Free milkshake. I don't even care. And so finally, Mary was convinced to 
speed off. Let's speed up. With our stolen milkshake. 30 minutes we wasted to get a free $4 milkshake. Uh, you know, I would have gladly paid the regular price or even more for a five minute milkshake, honestly. You got a good point. Anyway, that was fresh in our brains because it's literally just happened. So, Shelly, now that we've gotten that riveting Arby's milkshake story out of the way, what are we talking about in today's roadcast? I don't know. You want to talk about Cryhop? Okay. Well, you got we got to back it up. I think you need to tell the story about your mom. So, here's the deal, listeners, with my mother. My mother can have my service all day long. I'll happily make her food. I will happily clean her place. I'll do all kinds of stuff. Did her laundry. I've done various handyman type tasks for her over the years. All that's great. What she'll never have is my heart. That's sad. It's sad to me, but I don't trust her. I don't trust her with my emotions. Haven't for years and years and years and years. Um, I don't tell her so many things in my life because I just don't trust her. She's not trustworthy. So anyway, that said... Wait. What? Tell why. Well, the listeners know why. Give one example. Okay, I've been judged my entire life by my mother. She's always telling me I'm either going to hell. Okay, not always. That's hyperbole. She will often bring up Jesus in ways that I don't want and have asked her not to talk about her religion. She'll bring up politics. Again, I don't want to talk about her politics. She ignores boundaries. I've tried to set them over and over and over. It's exhausting. I reset them. I remind her. It's exhausting. She ignores them. She likes to remind me that uh, I've made the wrong choice in my life, that I'm going to hell, that I should meet the right man. Okay, not every conversation. But I bet every year that comes up, and you never, that's the thing, you never know when is going to be the day that she'll bring up something like that. So those are the big things. On a small level, she just says condescending things on the regular. Like uh, when we're talking about her relationship with my sister, so her other daughter, my sister was bringing my mom some frozen meals so she didn't have to cook. That was awesome. So I asked mom how the food was and how all that was. And she said she was very weepy, she was crying. And uh, it was really great to see my sister, and the whole thing made her feel emotional. I was like, oh, did you feel gratitude? And she said, yes, but I also miss her so much, I don't think you'd understand. You're not a mom, you don't understand. She didn't say that. She just said, you probably wouldn't understand. That's what she said. So it could have been that I'm not a mother, and maybe I wouldn't completely understand how a mother feels about a child. But why say it like that? Why say something condescending? What's that about? Anyway, that's the sort of thing that happens regularly. So again, I am happy to be of service to my mother, but I don't trust her because she's an unkind person in my opinion, and it's just dicey. So we get to the end of the visit. This was actually yesterday. So we were there two days, so at the end of the first day, she basically is like, I wish I heard from you more. Or I wish you called more. Is that what she said? Um, no, she said, I need to have my children call me more. Okay. Which is basically the same thing, but it was like broad strokes over all the children. But she was talking to you, so. Yeah, I don't know why it was a blanket 
children's statement when she really means me. But anyway, that's okay, I guess. I said, well, we've talked about this before, Mom, and I have to have my guard up, in a nutshell. We've been over this. I think I said it's complicated. Yeah. This is a complicated relationship. It's a complicated situation. And then she asked, what's complicated about it? That's where it went. That's what it went. Yeah, and we've been over this a million times. Yeah, we have. So that was challenging for us, and it got a little heated. It wasn't a long conversation. Uh, it was probably about a minute of that, right? Yeah. Maybe. I didn't yell at her. I was just like, Mom, this is the situation. I was firm. Let's say I was firm, okay? And that was, that was rough for you, wasn't it? It was rough for me because I am an avoider of confrontation. We had just had an entire day of actually good times, I would say. Your mom was pleasant and we cleaned up and I made her laugh a bunch and, you know, things were going great. Then this happened and it, in my mind, as I'm standing there, it went from zero to a thousand. Mary's mom said the thing about, yeah, I need the girls to call and Mary said it's... Uh, complicated and then Mary's mom said why is it complicated and then Mary said well every time you call you say things that hurt me and Mary's mom said something like like what and then Mary almost yells you tell me I need to marry a man yeah and I, I don't think I said every time but yeah basically I never know when that's gonna happen I said I have to be on my guard with you because you'll tell me stuff like if you just met the right man right yeah, yeah that was basically how that went so then Shelly and I had a, an interesting conversation after that. I was very uncomfortable with the two of them sort of going at it, at it for 45 seconds. <laughs> and me standing there like, oh. So we left, got in the car, and I kind of reprimanded Mary, I guess, not meaning to come down on her, but I was very uncomfortable. I felt... Um, for an outsider view, I felt like Mary started it. I felt like she could have nipped it in the bud and had the entire day end on a good note instead of an uncomfortable argumentative note. So this is how Shelley would have handled it. She would say something like, oh yeah, I could call more, and then just maybe not do it. So ghost her, right? That was the impression of what I took from what you, your advice was to tell her what she wanted to hear and then not do it. Clearly we see this differently. <laughs> Which leads us to the next morning. We uh, went to IHOP for breakfast. And as we were there, our good friend, Kimberly Anderson, she sent us a Marco Polo. Yeah, we Marco Polo regularly. And also, I want to thank Kimberly one more time for stepping up last week and providing last week's podcast episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. What a great conversation that was. Anywho, love Kimberly. We were poloing this morning. We're kind of telling her the whole situation. That was super helpful. You want to summarize that? So we were just having this discussion, and then with Kimberly, it turns out that I was not being um, a good listener. And this is all true. Mary was needing to vent, and it would have been better had I listened and just not tried to solve. And that was one thing that Kimberly said was, like, when someone is venting, the best thing to do is say, would you like me to listen? Would you like my opinion or would you like me to try to fix this? And I was giving opinions and trying to fix without asking if that was what Mary needed. I think a lot of it because I was so uncomfortable in the situation and it wasn't what I would have done, but that's not my place to kind of come down on Mary for doing that. So 
as Kimberly is sort of therapizing us in IHOP, by the way, I got emotional. And I don't know, I, I felt bad. I felt bad that I had made Mary feel bad for the way that she interacts with her mom. Because honestly, that's not my place to do so. That's her relationship. And I shouldn't come down on her for the way that she interacts with her mom. And <laughs> that turned into the joke of it's no longer IHOP, it's CryHop. CryHop. Uh, look for it in a town near you. <laughs> okay, let's get into a little bit more about my mother's stuff. If you beat a dog their entire life and then you go to pet them and they bite you, that shouldn't be a surprise that the dog has bitten you when all you do is beat on them and then once in a while you show them kindness. That's how I feel with my mother. Did she physically beat me or was abusive? I mean, I was spanked growing up, but not anything, I think, out of the ordinary. I don't think they'd do that today with kids, but I was raised in the 60s and 70s. So it was just this emotional lashing my entire life because my mother, I believe, is an undiagnosed narcissist. And her emotional needs always came before any of her children. Everyone had to make sure that mom was okay every single time. So it was never about me. When mom needs something emotionally, everybody drops everything and make sure mom's okay. Uh, no, I'm done with that. It's exhausting and I've, I'm worn out and I trigger so easily. It's better if I'm not around her. I've told my mother, please, let's keep the conversations light and simple. I can't get into it with you. Because I will snap at her. It's been too much bad blood and bad feelings. Bad blood is weird. What does that even mean, bad blood? It's actually a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> okay. Reminds me of a scene from Moonstruck. We got bad blood between us. <laughs> snap out of it. Yeah, there's just too much hurt, and I don't think I'm going to recover. However, I can have cheerful, upbeat, uh, not too emotional conversations with her. I can help her with all kinds of tasks and stuff. Uh, that's fine. I can spend time with her. I just can't have it go too deep. That's what I've concluded there. We also realized that her mom and my dad are very similar in a lot of ways, but one of them is we don't get excited about telling our parents something that is exciting to us because they will either act like, I mean, like big news, I don't know, big, big happy news, right? My dad just, he dismisses it. He, he doesn't get excited about your stuff. He only gets excited about his stuff. Um, gosh, I just had a memory. So I remember when I was pregnant with Lincoln, very first child, and I had just had one of those fun ultrasounds done where they put it on a, a CD and you can watch it. And I was so excited, like I'm pregnant and you know, you can see him kicking or whatever. And so I brought the video over to my parents' house and it was all, you gotta see the video, it's gonna say the gender and you know, being all excited like you do when you're young and dumb. And I put the CD in and my dad literally watched for 30 seconds and then got up and started cleaning the kitchen. I felt just, floor like devastated like this is this is so important to me and it doesn't mean jack shit to you so did you ever ask him why 
He did that? Remember how I said I am not one for confrontation? <laughs> God, if I had to go back and tell my dad every time he made me feel little or small or unimportant or that my stuff was stupid, like, he doesn't have enough years left in life to actually get through that. Besides, he probably would only listen for 30 seconds and then go clean the kitchen, so... Oh, well, no, the last time you tried to tell him something that was upsetting about your childhood, meaning your brother, something that happened with your brother, is like, oh, yeah, you had such a terrible childhood. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't take it seriously. Yeah. Sorry, I was just chewing on some Andy's mint chunks. It's <laughs> in my free shake. Woo, woo, free shake. <laughs> um, I love people who, when you tell them something exciting, they are almost more excited than you about it. And I've known people in my life who you tell them something exciting and, they, and either they don't agree with it or they're not that excited and they're like, huh, or I don't know if I'd want to do that or something and it. You just feel deflated. And then there are people, and I have um, one really good friend who's like this, by the way, you'll tell them something exciting to you and they suddenly are your cheerleader. They're asking questions about it. They're like, oh my God, I want to see it or whatever it is. They're just so happy. I love that about a person. And I wonder, if, is that because I didn't have that growing up or because it's just a natural thing for people to want other people? That is the most beautiful sunset. Wow, I'm gonna see if I can get a picture here. Here's Mary. Well, also I think you are that way. You are naturally excited for people. And so you can hear somebody else's story and feel really excited. Also, you can feel really excited for something that's going on in your life. And then you're around these naysayers that are just like, well, it may not work out, so don't get your hopes up, which is what I think is where my mother's coming from, mm. you know, and possibly your father too. It's like popping a balloon. It just yeah. deflates your good feelings. I wouldn't say it's like popping a balloon. It's like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> tells to nothing. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't a great um, reenactment of the, I even did my head like this, like I was a balloon popping around. So I was going to tell a story about my dad deflating me again. Okay, do it. The dad deflations. That could be a segment. <laughs> Daddy deflations. Okay. Oh, and the theme music is the, def the deflating balloon. Shelly doesn't actually name our segments generally. <laughs> There's a reason. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to go back and see what... <laughs> Troll, roast the troll. Yeah, that is you. Is that why we don't do a lot of them? Because you're upset <laughs> that it was me and not you? No, we haven't had very many trolls lately. Oh, we did get that one star review recently on Apple. What did it say oh, again? Oh, get a new career. <laughs> did it say get a new career? These girls need to get a new career. Um, I really wish it had said don't quit your day job. I mean, that is still an oldie but a goodie. Mm -hmm. um, one more thing I wanted to say about my mother. I think when she was saying that she wanted her children to call her more. What I needed to do was reinforce a boundary, but more kindly than I did. I think I got so triggered that um, it's the wounded animal thing and it triggers me every single time. And I, it's like, I, I fall for it because I just get right back into that triggered moment of every time I felt manipulated by my mother, this wasn't even a bad example of it. But I just got so pulled back into a moment where I felt manipulated by her that I reacted poorly. I could have handled it better. Shelly's slurping her milkshake. I don't know if the microphone picked that up or not. So back to my story. Once upon a time, back when I was newly married and I was so feeling still the need to impress my dad with my spirituality, right? Brent and I had gone to the temple 
and there was one of the old men in the temple while we were walking down the hall and he stopped us and he had tears in his eyes and he said that he got a phone call from a friend of his that works at the Portland temple and that friend said that Jesus joined them in the whatever meeting they have in the mornings and that he has the most beautiful baritone. <laughs> Did you suspect Jesus was a baritone too? I, I really always suspected that. <laughs> I suspect Jesus can be whatever the fuck he wants. I suspect that he can harmonize with himself. Oh, I think Jesus sings falsetto better than Bon Iver, <laughs> is what I think. <laughs> Let's analyze how Jesus would sing. Anyway, so that happened, and I felt like, oh my gosh, this, what if that's wait, wait, true? Wait, 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 what if it's true? Okay, so first of all, you you bought that story, <laughs> that Jesus was in, in Oregon? He was, Temple. he was in Portland, and he's singing baritone in the choir. Why is he in Missouri? <laughs> like, it's yeah, why was he in Portland? I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, that's the funniest part of it, is that you believed maybe that happened. <laughs> Somehow Mary's retelling makes me realize just how fucking ridiculous it was. Anyway, I remember at the time trying to believe this guy, right? And then feeling a little disappointed in myself that I wasn't, like, feeling the spirit. Like, you know how they say the spirit will tell you what's true and blah, blah, blah. But I went with it anyway. And I just was so excited to tell my dad, right? Because then we were going to bond over something very spiritual in my mind. This is what was going to happen. So we came home. I called my dad, told him what happened, and was emotional, like forcing spirit feelings and shit. And my dad responded with something along the lines of, that wouldn't happen. You know, I would have heard about it, my dad knowing everyone. Maybe that's why he was pissed, that he hadn't heard about Jesus in Oregon before you did. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> if there had been a Jesus sighting in Portland, I would have known before you, daughter. No one tells me when there's a Jesus sighting in Oregon. <laughs> my God, this is so ridiculous. This was my life. So we get off the phone and I am completely deflated. And whatever, I probably cried and felt like uh, my dad just poo-pooed me again, dismissed me. And then about an hour later, I get a phone call from my dad. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he wants to talk about it. Or may I, who knows? Of course, me, the ultimate optimist. Maybe he heard from the big guy himself. <laughs> yeah, yep, Terry, I can confirm that I was in Portland. I was in the Portland Temple earlier today. Is that your baritone <laughs> voice? Uh, Terry. <laughs> Terry, Terry, he sang it. Oh. It's like, oh, Terry boy, oh my God. I long to see you in Portland oh at the God. Portland Temple. Microphone, please. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that, you all. So he called back. And what I thought would be a good conversation was actually him calling to let me know that he called the temple president in Portland to get the lowdown and the Portland temple president basically said no that didn't happen and I wish that the workers wouldn't wouldn't spread this gossip so my dad had to point out to me that I was definitively wrong so again this goes back to not trusting our parents with important things or things that we are excited about all right next topic what do we have well I don't know we'll have to contemplate that during this commercial break we will be right back 
Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery and I saw the Golo commercial and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. And we're back. You know, we haven't done one of these in a while. We're going to have to share the microphone. Uh, this might be dangerous. You want to do it on three or one? So your hands are at ten and two on the steering wheel. <laughs> okay, are we doing this on three or one? Uh, three, two, one. Ready? Three, two, one. He said what? Wow, that was pretty good. So here's the he said what for today. And again, we do not talk politics on this podcast. But we are talking about Utah Senator Mike Lee. Okay. All right. Senator Mike Lee, Sunday, it's been a couple weeks ago now, posted on Facebook his reasons why he is against the $1.9 trillion spending bill that passed in the Senate, blah, blah, blah. So he talks and talks and talks about why he doesn't like it. This, it's a monstrosity, nation in debt, blah, blah. Again, we don't talk about politics, but this is all of, all of his complaints, which, whatever, he's a politician. That's fine. Give your complaints. What I do have a problem with is at the end of his complaining, he says, as the hymn counsels, gird up your loins, fresh courage take. Our God will never us forsake. And soon we'll have this tale to tell. All is well, all is well. This is a fucking senator, a senator, an elected official quoting a Mormon hymn publicly in his reasoning as to why a bill shouldn't have passed. How in America does that shit fly? That is a really good question. Uh, (laughs) Because Utah doesn't know how to separate church and state. That's true. I'm sure he looked like a dumbass. I hope that politicians outside of Utah listened and was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, why is he being a poet? Like, what is he thinking? He's a crazy person. It's just mind baffling. Is it though? I mean, okay, he's drinking the the Utah soup. I'm not going to say Kool-Aid because that's an old reference and I think it's probably not a good reference. Plus, I like Kool-Aid. Okay, well, we're not going to say that. He's drinking the Gatorade. Is that better? He's drinking piss. <laughs> Easy. I'm just saying that you get in that some of that Utah culture, Mormon culture, and it seems right to you. Because maybe Mormons in certain circles go ahead and quote hymns and, and scripture to each other, and it just seems like normal conversation. He's a politician! <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I don't think he thinks it's abnormal. I think he's abnormal. Utah people, I am so sorry that this is your representation. He's Abby Normal. What's that movie? Do you know, name no the movie? Idea. Young Frankenstein. Never seen it. 
Um, honestly, though, I would have expected this kind of stupidity from a Utah politician, like... 40, 50 years ago or, or more. Let's take it back to Brigham Young's days where he was trying to basically make Utah its own country. Uh, yeah, of course they would say that shit. This is 2021, people, and we have some guy that was elected that A, believes this shit, that B, will quote this shit. Uh, separation of church and state. I stand by it. I think that's necessary. I don't think religion should influence politics in any way. That's my opinion. Stand by it. I'm guessing there are a lot of Mormons who said, that. that's right, brotherly. I bet they called him brother. My dad used to do that shit. If it was a Mormon, even if it was like Senator so-and-so or Congressman so-and-so, whatever, he would call him brother so-and-so. You know, that's, that's right, brother Romney or what have you. Yeah. Like Mitt. Yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's brother Romney? It's Mitt. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Does Mitt stand for Mitchell? That's what I want to know. Um, no clue. So uh, we're going to do a little excerpt of this hymn. What's this hymn called, Shelley? Mary doesn't understand how this works. So now the bishop is going to turn the time over for a special musical number. All That's right. what they call it. Special musical number. And it, it's called Come, Come, Ye Saints. So this is the hymn that that politician was quoting, right? Yes. Okay, here we, should we, I'm going to hit play. Are you oh, going to hit play? I got play. Okay, ready? Okay. It starts like right out there. So it, come ye state, sing, no toil or labor, fear. Should I go high? I can't hear the But I, with I, joy. I can't read the lyrics. When dear, I mean, <clears throat> oh, no, I can't go that high anymore. Oh, shit. You, you were early. <laughs> <laughs> but with joy. Wend your way, though hard to you. <laughs> it's one of these fun, uplifting, um, yeah. This is so boring. Shall be. Wait, wait, it's really uplifting now. It's, it's really good here. Tis better far for us to strive our useless cares from us to drive. Useless cares? Wait, where's the rest of the fucking song? Why, are, why do humans have useless cares? Because all the songs are guilt-ridden. <laughs> okay, here's, here's, here's some more. Why sh- Oh, it's the lady's turn. Or why should we mourn or think our lot is hard? Uh-huh. Tis not so, all is right. Oh now, gosh. keep in mind, these people are like dying as they're traveling across the plains. <laughs> and now they're well. like, why should we think to earn a great reward if we now shun the fight? Now, here's the quote, here's the quote. Gird up your loins, fresh courage take. Our God will never us forsake. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. God, what, what, hey, what rhymes with forsake, Shelley? I'm starting to think it's all fake. <laughs> all is well. All is well. What a, like, a fucking, A, boring-ass and lame song, but it's like, quit your bitchin' and keep pulling the fucking handcart, and if you die, whatever, you're with Jesus. <laughs> right? And let's not forget that a senator, an elected official, 
quoted that song referring to a bill that he wished hadn't passed. Have we beat this dead horse enough now? I think we really have. I think we've beaten it. We're stopping to get gas now anyway, so um, yeah. Okay. Well, that was special. Um. <laughs> no, it was a special musical number. Okay. God damn it. Okay, we are back on the road because we had to stop and gas up. So the yep. car is happy. We got a little snack. Oh, Sorry. Shelly's belching. I mean, ginger ale, what are you gonna do? I would like to bring up a topic. You know, it's so funny, this car, what are we calling it, travel? Roadcast. Roadcast, there it is. This roadcast is really just like, so what do you think? Well, what do you want to talk about? Because <laughs> you know how we say that we never prepare? It's not really true. Well, at least we think of the things we want to talk about before we go into it. They're written down sometimes like topics, right? And then we just go for it. There are no topics written down in the car. None, zero, zilch. Thankfully, we had the Arby's experience, so there was something to lead with. Maybe that wasn't the best lead. I don't know. Well, I think we wanted to decompress over the mom thing. We have similar upbringings in that we were made to feel like our emotional needs were less important than other family members. In my case, my mother. In your case, everyone else, except for maybe your mother. Possibly your emotional needs were more important than your mother. Possibly. Yeah, that's probably a tie. So Mary, question for you. I have noticed, especially in the last two weeks that the kids have been over, that you have been spending more time with them and having more conversations with them. What is that all about? So you mean like not hold up in the bedroom with a TV on and Correct. avoiding yeah. all that? Yes. Well, all right. I think partly because they're in online school, they have activities and I'm working, uh, you know, I've got the home office, so I'm working and it's just been sort of a quieter arrangement. When they were over in the summer, it was just a lot of noise and, and chaos and just a free-for-all with the dogs and the kids and everything and the TV all the TVs were on at once and all that sort of thing it's just a little bit more organized or something or more structured I'd say so I was kind of hoping for the answer of you are bonding with them <laughs> <laughs> nope they are less annoying that's basically the answer the kids are less annoying Mary would you like to um, add an additional answer to your answer okay listeners this is a setup I'm supposed to say something here that Shelly wants to hear. Are you picking up on that or is it just me? Give me the damn mic. Okay, so I will tell you, listeners, what I have noticed. I have noticed lately that Mary is, like, talking with the kids more. And I see the kids kind of following her around more and making conversations with her. The other night, Mary was watching a nature show on TV and Philip, here, well, you were there. You want to tell him? Well, okay, I'm going to go back to my comparison of the summer. Okay. Um, I felt like the TV was always on kid programming in the living room, and so if I wanted to watch a show, I would go up to the bedroom because they bogarted the TV. Like, they took over every inch of that house except for the bedroom. <laughs> and I just feel like that's sort of not the case anymore. Like, it's more sharesies. Like, sometimes I can watch a show or we can watch a show together. Like, it's not the same situation and I'm not sure what is the cause of that but don't you think it's calmer like just oh, the whole sure. vibe is sure. sort of more calm and easier to be around uh -huh. so I've emerged from my hideout <laughs> <laughs> because it's less chaotic and when it's less chaotic it lends itself to conversation I think a little bit better so I was watching a nature show 
the other day and Philip came in the room and he sits down and I was like, <laughs> right off the bat, I'm challenging him because I know that it'll be funny and I think he'll take the bait. So I said, <laughs> I bet I'll learn more than you watching this show. And he's like, no way. And I was like, why? And he said, because I'm in school. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure, but my brain's more developed than yours. <laughs> anyway, we were enjoying watching Bats Eat Frogs. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what was happening. It was a little cruel. Nature's cruel. Yeah, but you guys were, na- they were naming the frogs. Like, Philip named one of the frogs Gary or something and was like, oh, Jerry. Like, Don't eat Jerry. And then, of course, Jerry's the one that got eaten. Uh, anyway, for me, I was sitting there. Maybe I was in the kitchen cleaning or something. I don't know. But it was very heartwarming for me to see this relationship between Mary and Philip. That it was, um, I don't know, just that they were interacting and it was good. And I, and Philip was enjoying it and Mary wasn't hating it. And, um, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Philip was enjoying it and Mary was tolerating it. <laughs> that's hysterical. But you know what? It kind of reminded me a little bit. And you know what? This nature show, they didn't show bats brutally destroying frogs and eating them. They were just swooping down and picking them up. It was a little... Grabbing Jerry. It was a little gruesome. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it. How old is Philip? He's 10. He can hang. It kind of reminded me a little bit of when I talked to your son, Lincoln. Like, it's just two people having a conversation and your son is funny and he has interesting things to say and I enjoy those conversations. What I don't enjoy about kids, and it's not personal to your children, is that it's a free-for-all because they're not used to, I guess, ground rules and stuff sometimes. So they just come over, take over, leave their trash places. It's gotten a lot better. And, you know, crank up all the TVs on high volume and all that stuff that kids do. And it just felt like there was no place for me in that whole environment. And I feel like that is getting better. Do you feel like that's getting better? I do. And I think for me, initially, when the kids started coming over, when you and I were together, it was just this, yeah, they would come over and take over. But there was all this excitement of them coming over, and it was hard to kind of contain it. And I don't know. It's just it's just different now. I don't know what it is. I, I can't quite put my finger on how it changed. Um, maybe it's because they're coming over more now, and so it's not this you know, bust in the house and and do all the things because this is a brand new fun experience. Also, we have made rules. And I'm telling you people, you people, kids, whether they admit it or not, they like having boundaries. They really do. They like having rules because it makes things easier for them to follow. And, you know, they get in trouble less too, I would say, get yelled at less. I feel like when there aren't any rules, the punishment comes down when the parent gets fed up with whatever it is they're doing, right? Because there's not the rule of, you know, no jumping on the couch. Well, if there's never the rule of no jumping on the couch and the kid's jumping on the couch and then suddenly the parents annoy the kid's jumping on the couch, then you yell, okay? This is um, my parenting tips because I'm perfect, by the way. <laughs> and Mary laughs. But the kids really enjoy coming over. They enjoy that things are organized. They can find their shit. I just really think they enjoy the peace 
of it all. Do they still get loud? Of course they get loud, like they're kids, but it's not to the point where Mary needs to hide and cry. So that's good for me um, and for the kids. Mary and I have had a lot of conversations about how I would want a girlfriend of mine to be concerning having kids, right? And I don't know, tell me if you don't want me to talk about this, Mary, but um, Mary always for a long time felt like I was disappointed or she was not going to measure up to what I wanted. And, you know, maybe this wasn't the best suited relationship for us because she was never going to be, you know, super mom helping me with all the mom shit and being another mom. It was hard for us to come to the point of like, that's really not what I need, Mary. I need, I, I need you period, just you. And what I would really like is there to be interaction with you and my kids because they like you and you're a wonderful human and a great influence. Um, but on Mary's end, it was like, that sounds great and all, but I'm going like, I can't handle the chaos. So thankfully we've been able to reduce the chaos and wow, magic. What do you know? Mary is more relaxed and hanging out with the kids and the kids love her, like literally love her. And it's so heartwarming to see. It really is. I love it. Mary, thank you for trying. Well, sure. I mean, as I say, it's like I noticed it was quieter outside, so I've dared to open the door to the bedroom <laughs> to, to sneak a peek, like stuck my head out a little bit to see what's going on. Are they all dead? Why is it so quiet? <laughs> it's just gotten a lot easier, and then I can just have normal interactions that aren't just in a frantic scenario free-for-all where everybody's fighting and I'm telling you this has gotten better we've been in our place not quite a year it'll be a year in May yeah and this is so much better do you remember how many times we would hear this in a day stop <laughs> do you remember how many times yeah a yeah. hundred maybe maybe or more have you heard that lately I haven't heard no. it lately uh-huh. I think I heard it a little bit coming from the game room upstairs the other day yeah. somebody was saying it but that was constantly downstairs in the living room and the kitchen kids bickering constantly that's what was happening and that just has gotten so much better for some reason yeah i mean what can i say i'm an amazing parent just (laughs) kidding well i wonder also when we had moved in it was may and of course it was summer after that so i wonder if that had something to do with it they were on summer break it was covid nothing was really structured or organized Maybe that had something to do with it. Who knows? My point is that I'm happy. So there you have it. Well, no, are we running out of time? Yeah, what do you think of the Rodecast? Here's the problem with Rodecast. This microphone has like 10,000 buttons. And I think I'm either turning it on, turning it off, making it vibrate. Wait, no, that's, there's not that button. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong device. (laughs) Anywho, I hope you're liking it. This is, um, you know, desperation podcast because we've been so fucking busy. So thank you. Seriously. Thank you listeners for hanging in there with us. We're just ridiculous right now with our busyness and we're, yeah. Well, maybe we should uh, tell them the news before we go to our last commercial break. Okay, what's the news, man? Um, we are buying an Airbnb rental place. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of our busyness has just been going down to where it is and seeing it and then going to an inspection and some other things. And uh, we close on April 20th. We're going to be Airbnb owners. 
So what the heck? <laughs> Are we, uh, would we maybe offer uh, discounts for LDL listeners? Mary looked at me like I was crazy, but I'm going to go ahead and own that. Yeah. So this place is in Montross, Virginia. Look it up. It's a thriving metropolis. Please don't give out the address on this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't give out the address. <laughs> it's 333 Maple. I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, it is a house right on the Potomac, and it's beautiful. There's a dock where you can fish off of and crab off of and whatever. There's a beach where you can lay out. There's kayaks and canoes and etc. 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 We're pretty pumped. I, I gotta say, I'm excited. Yeah, so we are gonna be super even more busy. So maybe more roadcasts to come because we're gonna be busy getting it ready to be rented. So that's all gonna be happening over the next month or so. So I guess more to come on that. Yeah. Did you wanna say anything more about the property for right now? Um only that uh, use coupon code. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're still in the beginning stages of this, but we are super excited. So I don't know. Be excited with us. Remember how I said I need people to be excited about our excitement? Be excited. God damn it. Yeah. And I think I missed my turn. Mary. No, you can do this one. Yeah. No, it's cool. I was supposed to take 295 around Richmond and I You're think gonna take this one instead. we're going to go through Richmond. Well, I do have breweries. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. All right. I better get back to the business of driving. Why don't we take a commercial break and uh, I'll make sure I take this exit. How does that sound? <laughs> Be right back. We are back on the road. Uh, this is wrapping up our first ever roadcast. Hopefully this didn't completely suck. But um, I had an idea for how we're going to do the patron names today. Uh Uh-oh. Do I want... Listen, it can't be any worse than children's book titles. That was horrible. Okay. okay. Um, So we were considering calling our beach rental Beach Please, right? Beach Please. Yes. So I think it'd be kind of fun to do Airbnb rental names for the people. (laughs) Like what you would call a rental place. This is all you, Mary. This is not going to be easy. Good God. Okay, we have exactly five. Good luck, Mary. Uh, Patron number one, which, by the way, this patron already cracks me up um, because this person just picked their own random tier of money (laughs) to donate. Like, okay, when you go to the Patreon site, there's tiers you can choose from and you get different rewards depending on the dollar amount. Uh, But some people go in there, they're like, yeah, I just... I think I want the dollar amount that's right between those two dollar amounts. So it's, you know, one dollar more than the previous, but one dollar less than the next. It just makes me laugh. We have no problem with that. It's just funny to me. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Bria F. I think we could probably say the full name because I don't think this is a real name. Bria Fria. I got this. How about Bria Seafoam Fria? Was that lame? Was it good? It sounds so soothing. Does it come with uh, massages down by the beach? <laughs> that I can say down by somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Bria Seafoam Fria. Bria, no Fria rentals at our beach place. <laughs> Just letting you know, okay? Unless you bring massages. Okay, next. Lily D. CD Lights. <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, God. I, I, wow. 
Lily D, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, it's easy. Her first name is Lily. Okay. How about Lily D. Lilypad? The Lilypad. I like that. God. Lily, we're sorry. <laughs> Next, Simon. Wait, is my kid subscribing? Aw, thank you, Simon. No, I will not pay you back. Uh, okay, Simon B. Simon says, be at the beach. I like it. Thanks, Simon. Next, Ashley J.W. Ashley and Jehovah's Witnesses at the beach. No, it's Ashley just wading in the water. Oh, Ashley just waiting. Thank you very much. Last one, Beth S. Beth's at the seaside. No? Beth's at the seaside. Beth seaside. Beth, we're sorry. You know, you're the pirate. Let's hear you do Beth Scallywag. Beth, you scallywag scoundrel! Thank you so much for your patronage. Appreciate it. I keep trying to pull the microphone away from her. She keeps pulling it back. Um, thank you, patrons. Y'all kick ass. Do we have any channels members? Yeah. Yes, we do. Should we stick with the beach house theme? Sure. Because it wouldn't be fair for us to suddenly give better names to these uh, two, um, three new channels members. First, Jessica and Carrie. Uh, either twin sisters or lovers. Um, yeah, it's S, but I wanted to talk about them first. Jessica and Carrie S. Good luck making a beach name out of that one. Well, you've already done Seafoam, haven't you? Didn't yes. you do Seafoam? We've done Seaside. Yep. And we did Scallywag. Um, I'm going to go with Jessica and Carrie Swimmer's Ear. Well, it would have to be ears, plural, because there's two of you. Good luck getting anyone to rent that beach house. <laughs> Come stay with us at Jessica and Carrie's Swimmer's Ears. You're guaranteed to get Swimmer's Ear and maybe bed bugs. I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> Jessica and Carrie, we're sorry, not sorry. Okay, and our last channel's member is Amber C. Amber C for conkshell, although I don't think there are any conkshells this, on this particular part of the Potomac. And conk is, is, is it conch or conk? That's the problem. That's the problem with that word. <laughs> Amber, we're not giving that to you. What's another C word? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that C word. No. Okay. Clam diggers. You're going to need them at our beach rental. Oh, yeah. You can uh, dig for clams. Amber, clam digger. Come clam dig with Amber. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get swimmer's ear with Jessica and Carrie. Clam slammers. <laughs> Amber clam slammers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this just took a dark turn, everybody. I don't have a problem with dark turns. <laughs> All right, Mary, wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for your financial support. And if you would like to support us, we would really appreciate it. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support, oddly enough. And speaking of support, please wish us luck on, luck. on uh, renting out this, this beach place on the Potomac because this is yet another effort on Shelly's part in particular on diversifying her income base. Yeah, because I 
kind of got screwed over being raised Mormon and not getting an education and getting divorced and having to start over and um, not having a resume and no experience except for wiping children's asses. Um, Which pays shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome and stupid. Um, and being the age of mid-40s and having zero retirement because, you know, kind of got fucked over. But have no fear. I'm not a quitter. All of you listening who are in the same boat, we got this. We got this, people. Yeah, we're just trying to be really creative on how to... Um bring in some income so wish us luck and thanks everybody for joining us on our first roadcast we're gonna see how this turns out thanks to dan uh, from extension audio who's gonna need a lot of luck speaking of thanks for leaving it in dan yep thank you dan once again and everybody please steer clear of cults because they are no joke no joke at all talk to you later bye Uh, by the way, Dan, go ahead and insert a little of that elevator music from before. You know what I'm talking I'm about? I'm holding my breath. This is where she, she's cheating. She's not holding her breath right now, Dan. Okay. But she's going to pretend to be holding her breath this I'm entire time. Right. I'm getting, we're almost at the end of the tunnel. Here's Shelly. Oh, okay. I'm going to get back to the roadcast.